Welcome to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast, where building a thriving real estate investing business has less to do with subway tile and shiplap and everything to do with whether you've laid a solid foundation to support the life of your dreams. I'm your real estate lawyer turned legal educator host, Bonnie Galam. In my years building a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, the most important lesson I've learned is that being a successful real estate investor isn't about secret strategies or ninja tactics. It's about doing the basic stuff right and staying laser focused. If you're an ambitious real estate investor or one in the making who's looking to build a real estate portfolio that's secure, streamlined, and creates a life you love, you're in the right place. Each week here on the show, you'll get clear, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you build your real estate business and some tough love along the way to make sure you're not building a house of cards. Let's get started. Hey there, I'm welcome back to the Good Bones Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Bonnie Gallum, and I am super excited to be back in front of the mic recording an episode for you guys. Um, I am uh, a little bit of a roller coaster with um, some editors who are just not living up to their job and then not really prioritizing finding new ones, I'll admit it. Um, the, no one really warns you that when you start a, uh, podcast in what is the craziest real estate market in probably any of our lifetimes. I don't think any of us probably lived through like the great depression or something like that, but it's been wild. It has been wild and business has been good from the firm's perspective. And so unfortunately the, the, the podcast and restructuring my, my team and my workflow around that has kind of gone on the back burner, but I've got a bunch of episodes recording them all in a bunch right now. So you can look forward to some more consistent content. Again, got a new editor on board. And this week I'm super excited for the episode because we're talking about a board of directors and around father's day, I had given my dad a little shout out said he was on my board and I got quite a few DMs about that. And I figured this is a great topic to do a little bit of a deep dive on. So what I'm going to focus on on this week's episode is one, what exactly is a board of directors if you're a real estate investor? Two, why you should have one. And then three, finally, who should, but also who should not be on your board of directors. And so Let's start off with what exactly is a board of directors. And so a board of directors should really be a trusted group of people who can advise you about business decisions. I realized really early on in my firm that I needed to have a board of advisors to kind of help me out because I didn't want to recreate a path in a sense. Um, In many ways, my firm is very different and unique, but I, I didn't need to recreate a wheel. I, I really didn't. And when it comes to real estate investing, it was the same way. And looking back, I don't think I ever considered what I had as a board of directors with real estate investing, but we totally did. We have a group of, some of them are other investors and some of them are just business owners who we can kind of go to and just bounce things off. Hey, how would you handle this? What did you do? Did you ever experience something like this? All of those types of questions are things that I love to bring to my board of directors. And so, yeah, the board that I have on my firm is different than the board that I have for my real estate investing, but the principles are totally the same. And so we'll, we'll talk about both throughout this episode. But what I really love about having a board of directors is especially in this age of like gurus and masterminds where like no one just gives out free advice anymore. It's really nice to have a group of people who can just like turn to and like shoot a text message to or grab a quick coffee date with and be like, Hey, 
can you help me out with this issue and uh, talk shop a little bit without, you know, being on the clock with someone. Um, I really ran into this a lot in real estate investing and it bothers me because I don't think it really exists in any other industry. Um, I, for example, know of some investors who do, you know, a specific niche type of work. And so they are high-end flippers or something like that. And I, I remember once I had a client who wanted to get into high-end flipping. And my first thought is, is, you know, I'm a networker. Let me make this intro. This would be the perfect person for, you know, her to talk about, you know, to and have, you know, a com- quick conversation with about it. And the first thing that person said was, oh, well, my mastermind doesn't open up for four more months. Um, and I don't have any more room for strategy sessions. Now, look, I get it. No one is expecting you to give away all of your time for free, but (laughs) Lord knows I do it. I'm a lawyer. I give my time away for free all the time. You can call my office. You'll get a free 15 minute consult. Can you do that over and over and over again? No, you can't. But, um, I'm not so above that, but I also realize, and I'll grab coffee once at least with just about anybody because you just don't know what door that's going to open. And I, I don't feel like there is that reciprocity for whatever reason with a lot of people in this industry that it's, I hate to say it, it's like almost like their shit don't stink, but it, it's like, remember where you came from and look around and there's always newer people. And I, and that's a big reason why I wanted to start this podcast is because I wanted to have these types of conversations with as many people as possible for free. And for you having a board of directors as a ability for you to have those kinds of high level, but also really deep, um, if need be conversations with people who get it. Um, and these, people on your board, what, what you want them to do is to advise you really on like the operations, the how, the how of your business. And so how are we doing marketing and how can we do it better? What does your management look like and how can we improve on it? Your logistics and even like your goal setting. I think goal setting is a great thing to do with your, your board of directors, especially if you're still kind of molding out what that long-term vision of real estate investing looks like for you. Um, and one of the things I found and one of the things I talk to a lot with people, especially people who have been in landlord law school with me is niching down as much and much as possible because I, some people, you know, they're flipping and then they're wholesaling and then they're also, you know, building up a rental portfolio is, is like, well, if your goal is really just building up the rental portfolio, why are we wasting our time on the other stuff? Now I get, you know, a flip here and there is a great way to get a bump of capital. Not going to just to, um, deny that. But if all of your marketing is going towards a flip, but your goals are really about rentals, then I I think there's, you know, some disalignment. And that's where, you know, your board of directors can really kind of look at your business objectively from the outside. And sometimes the way that us as real estate investors, (coughs) as business, you know, entrepreneurs, as I believe we are, can do. I mean, we are biased. We see things in the bubble that we have created. And sometimes we need that external point of view to be able to kind of redirect us and set us on a more targeted course. And so that being said, what your board of directors are is it's it's a group of people who you can turn to for free. Now, granted, if you want to take them out for lunch or something, yeah, there might be a little bit of a cost involved. But generally speaking, these are people, it's like almost creating your own guru mastermind, but for free. And I don't even like using those terms because as I'll talk about more later, it's not transactional. There's nothing transactional about having a board of directors. There's no tit for tat. There's no, I did this for you, so you do this for me. It is 
much, much more of a friendship-based type of system than something that is purely transactional. If you're coming into it with a transactional where it's like, I'm going to provide this person with value and they're going to provide me with that value and you're going to be constantly weighing and things like that. No, no, no. That's that's not how this is um, going to really succeed and be in your best interest. And we'll talk for a few reasons why um, in one of the later sections. And so let's dive deep into the, the why though of why you should really have a board of directors. And so entrepreneurship can be lonely, but it really doesn't have to be. When you're out there, you know, forging this path, you know, you're moving towards FI and your your mother has no idea what you're doing. And maybe you've gotten your spouse on board and maybe you haven't. And your friends, no one else is doing this. Uh, Maybe you've, you know, met some people through social media or different forums or Facebook groups or whatever. And you, you just need people to kind of rely on and talk shop with besides yourself in your own head. Yes, breakthroughs happen in the shower, but even if you are the visionary, even if you are just abundant with ideas, and I've really found this and I've challenged myself about this because I've got more ideas than I know what to do with, you can't rely on just one brain. You just can't rely on one brain for all the ideas. And that's for a number of reasons, but the first being that you just can't be good at everything. You can't. Um, Not everyone is good at everything, despite the fact that some of us think that we are. (laughs) Um, A lot of us think, apparently, that we're great at everything. But the reality is, is that's not the case, uh, as much as we would like to think so. Um, Another great, great reason why you should have a board of directors is accountability. And this is, like I mentioned before, so many people right now are just paying for accountability. But let me tell you, there is no accountability like letting a friend or a trusted colleague down. Um, and I know this from myself. I, uh, when I first started my firm, I paid for some coaching and, you know, paying someone two or $300 a month is not the same as telling something to a friend and them checking up on you in a week or a month or a quarter or whatever, and being like, Hey, how'd that turn out? And you being like, Oh, I didn't do anything about it. And so there is a, an intimacy I would say to being on a board of directors um, that you just don't get through even like coaching really. It's, it's, and, and you know, we'll just go into the next section more of who should be on there and who should really not be on your board of directors is that fundamentally a board of directors is organic. Um, uh, the first question that someone asked me in my DMs when I was telling them about it was, you know, how many people are on your board? And I'm like, well, it started off with just my dad. It was just my dad. And I kind of just knew mentally in my head that if I ever needed to talk shop with someone and if I ever had, you know, issues around a certain issue that like, I'm going to call dad. I'm not going to like fester and feel stuck about it. I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to call the person on my board. And like, yeah, it's my dad. He's going to answer the phone for me. But like sometimes for other people on my board, it's, hey, can we grab coffee next week? Or, hey, I'd love to, you know, have a Zoom chat with you especially for some of my friends um, who are on my board that are not local, we'll, you know, set up a Zoom, have, you know, drinks in the backyard and just talk about things. Um, And it's there, I would say start small, start with just that one person. If you know there's one person out there, you're like, I admire them for whatever reason, or I know that they can give me um, good counsel, then start with that person and just 
add as it feels right. I, I, I will say I've never sat down with my board altogether, which is different than I'd say a more typical like corporate board or a nonprofit board. I've served on you know some a nonprofit board for several years. And there we would sit down once a month all together and kind of action plan and bounce ideas off each other. Would I love to do that? Heck yes. Do I like have this fantasy of being able to have like perhaps once a year, like a retreat or something. And I obviously would pay my friends at, at that point to do it, to kind of help me vision and, you know, goal set for, you know, short and long term. Um, heck yeah. But like, that's not really the way I'm using it right now. If you want to do it that way. And if your board kind of would be open to that, then I say, go for it. But, um, I say start with that one person and grow it organically. Um, Before we go into who should be on the board, I think it's important though for us to talk about who should not be on the board because I I think that that is where sometimes uh, mistakes (laughs) and putting someone bad on the board can happen. Now, the good thing about these types of boards that I'm talking about where it's not, you know, there's no shareholders who you have to report it to. Um, and there's no formal meetings or things like that is that you can kind of fire someone by just like not asking them questions anymore. Like they don't have to know. I don't even think anyone on my board knows. Maybe they know. And I've told them, you know, I appreciate, you know, their counsel and they know that I turn to them for business advice, but it's not like I've, you know, appointed you chairman of the board or something like that, that (laughs) that's not how this works. Um, but I think it's, there's a few caveats to who should not on the board. The first is um, just because you have an opinion does not make you an advisor. Everybody's got opinions and thoughts. That does not mean that they should be on your board. Um, You need to have someone who provides value and trusted guidance, but also has like some level of insight to like where you're going. And I think for different areas, that's more or less important. I'll give you an example about that. Now, for example, um, when I talk about marketing with a friend of mine, who's I consider my, my marketing, uh, board member, or at least one of them, cause he's brilliant at PPC, Google pay-per-click. Um, and he has kind of encouraged me to, to do it, do more of it and kind of let the, the reins off when it comes to it, but he's got a, um, a scanning and shredding company that's got nothing to do with real estate. But when it comes to PPC, for example, it, it's all the same link up. And so it doesn't really matter. And so he's got great insight into that one area and it doesn't really trickle over. I can make those connections and synapses where it needs to be. Um, and so, yeah, everyone it can't just be everyone with an adv- an opinion. They have to have some sort of insight and um, advice that's that's worthwhile. Now, on the other hand, it should also not be like your professionals, like a CPA, your lawyer, your financial advisor, who give like professional advice, professional tax, legal, investment advice. Those are the types of people who should not be on your board because um, that advice should only come from those types of professionals. And so I don't like it to get muddied where you're like, Hey, this is my friend who's on the board. And so let me ask him about this like tax situation. That's really risky. I'd rather you just be like, I'm always going to get like tax legal financial advice from my lawyer, from my CPA, because that's where you're going to get the most value from it. And you're really kind of running it risky. Now I'll caveat again, of course, if you're business BFF is also a CPA, then have at it. My dad is a CPA and you better believe 
from time to time I call them with a tax question. Um, and I even have a few investor friends who I know I'm on like their board in a sense, and they have my cell phone and they hit me up with, um, you know, legal questions. And the, the reason that I'm okay with it is because I consider them a friend more than I consider them a client. Um, and these are people who know me, they know my family and it, it is without question the same way that, um, really all of the people on my board, I would say are more friends than advisors. It's kind of grown organically that way. And so let's talk a little bit more about who should be on your board and it's, it should be organic, but I want you to start thinking about the people who are already in your life because that's likely where you're going to find it. This is not something where you like go to a networking event and you find someone who you find interesting and you say, Hey, can I have your cell phone number? I want to hit you up with questions for the rest of your life. That's not what I want you to do here. Um, these are people who maybe you meet someone at networking advice and you say, I find you really interesting and you culture, cultivate and nurture a relationship into a point where it's a friendship. And then also just someone who you're comfortable speaking with business issues about, um, because it really needs to be someone who you can be like vulnerable with, embarrassed, share your screw ups with, um, because you need to be able to share the full picture of what's going on in your investing business. If you can't do that, if you can't say, Hey, I screwed up with this tenant or, Oh, bleep. (laughs) I, uh, you know, overspent on this rehab. Now, what, what ideas do you have to help clean it up? Like if you don't do that, and if you're not willing to share the full picture, then you can't get the full return and advice. And I have found that it is extraordinarily hard to do that if you don't have like an open trusting relationship. Um, the people who should be on your board should also vary in expertise, especially in the things you're struggling with. Good Lord. We all know it's fun to talk shop about the things you love. Like for me, I could talk about like marketing and automations and systems and processes forever. But I also know that like the behind the scenes of my business, like the bookkeeping and the tax stuff, I would rather like run through the grocery store butt naked. Like I hate talking about the financial stuff. It's something I'm actually working on and I'm getting a lot better. I have a wonderful bookkeeper who's helped me, um, kind of face my numbers. And when I did that, I was like, Oh, they're not so bad. They're actually quite good, but I have a lot of bad money talk. I talk about that in probably every episode, but I'm working through it and it's getting a lot better. Um, one of the things, quick tip, scared of your money, look at it every morning. That'll make you feel better. Um, or at least it'll make you feel like numb to the emotions of it because it shouldn't be emotional. It should be, um, more objective because you're the business owner. It has to be objective. And so, and rant there. Um, but even though it, it should be, um, people with varying expertise one of the things I cannot stress enough. And I've talked about this also in earlier episodes is that it needs to be varying industries. I do not want your whole board to just be a bunch of investor friends. It, it, you need to have an investor friend on there. I have a number of investor friends who are on my REI board, uh, less so on my, my, um, firm board, but the, if you're only <laughs> consuming thoughts and advice from the real estate industry, then you are so you're like a horse with blinders on. Um, you need to have a better business comprehension than just that. Um, and I, I know I've 
if I can think of the episode, I'll link it in the show notes. But there's so many of us who only follow like real estate investing or financial uh, independence people on like social media. You're only in those types of groups. You only listen to those types of podcasts. Like if that's you, then I want you to like add some more. I want you to listen to just some like general good uh, marketing or like lifestyle kind of growth or hell, read a fiction book. Yeah, I went out there and said that, but um, you need, especially on your board, for it to be just not real estate investors. Find, um, you know, think about businesses that you admire um, and cultivate friendships with other entrepreneurs. Like I have doctors on my board who have their own practice. I have, like I mentioned, my friend who's got the scanning and shredding company. My dad was an entrepreneurial CPA and now he owns um, a franchise company that's franchised in a few states. And um, I think a lot about, you know, different kind of business models. I've got another friend, for example, who's got um, another like online business that I'm very inspired by. And so I think about, you know, different pieces like of each person's business that I want to kind of meld into my own. And I want to think of you for you to think about that when it comes to who should be on your board. And so if you want to say be able to travel remotely, who do you know that based off their job is able to travel remotely? It doesn't have to be real estate investing. It could be anything because the reality is, is setting up the systems and processes to be able to do that isn't too different. You need a team and you need systems and you need processes. The in-between, you can troubleshoot with really any industry. Um, and finally, uh, I, I really wanted to, really what I want to leave you with is this. You were never too big or too late to create a board of directors, and you're never too early or too small to start. Um, It's one of those things that just right now, write down a list of a few people who you know already in your life, who perhaps you already even have their cell phone number, who you can say, I can call this person and ask about X, about creating advertising or funnels or direct mail. I could talk to this person about dealing with tenants. I could talk with this person about rehabs. I could talk with this person about like the tech stuff. What what are they using um, on the back end of their business? And so with that, I'm going to leave you. If you're looking for other like-minded investors, please check out the Good Bones Real Estate Investing uh, Podcast Facebook group. It's linked in the show notes as always. And until next week, I look forward to chatting with you soon. Have a wonderful 4th of July holiday, guys, and I'll be back. If you want to continue the conversation, jump on over to the free Good Bones Real Estate Investing Facebook group. That's it for this episode of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'll see you here next week, same time, same place. Until then, go out and build the real estate empire of your dreams. Thank you for listening to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now this lawyer's got to drop the fine print real quick. This podcast is educational and not intended to be legal tax or investing advice for you. Please speak with a local professional for specific advice unique to you and your situation. That's it for this episode. Bye for now.